0: Hello, five things listener. Communication is everything, especially for marketers and PR professionals. But if communication is more than your job, if it's your passion, then you should check out the podcast Stories and Strategies. Stories and Strategies is about human communication. It explores the deeper issues impacting marketing and PR professionals, such as artificial intelligence capabilities, behavioral science, behavioral economics nudge theory, and making communication content and materials more accessible. You'll get all of this and more when you check out Stories and Strategies wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the five things this week in social. Each week we find the top stories from the platforms you interact with, share videos on, repost from, or buy media with. This week we have a new member on the pod, and one that you already know and love. First, we have Gray's Senior Manager of Social and Influencers, Ms. Kyla Sloan, who is no stranger to the show. Hello, Kyla.
1: Hi, Joey.
0: Hi, Kyla. With fall knocking on the door, what is your favorite fall activity?
1: That's a really good question. I would say taking a morning stroll in the brisk air.
0: Well, that sounds lovely. I mean, the autumn leaves, the morning dew—just you're painting a picture for me, Kyla. You're painting a picture. All right, and next we have our newest voice on the podcast. He is Gray's group director of social and connections. Kane Fair is here. Hello, Kane. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What is your favorite autumn activity?
2: I'm a food guy, so I think the changing of the uh, the cuisine is nice. I'm a big apple pie year so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Fantastic. I'm Joey Scarillo, and when the weather gets right, I can't wait for some fresh apple cider. So, Kane, I am totally with you on the apple-themed foods. All right, let's get into it. Here are the five things. First up, Kyla discusses internal documents from Instagram that reveal stumbles in their push to mimic TikTok. Then Kane sticks with Instagram, who tested a repost feature. Our third thing, Kyla tells us about Snap's tools to boost civic engagement, registering to vote, and community organizing. Then Kane tells us about Twitter, tackling close friends with a circles feature. And finally, Kyla stays with Twitter, who shared new tips and insights to assist in holiday marketing plans. Kyla start us off with Instagram, stumbling to push a mimic for TikTok.
1: Not going to lie, guys, I'm really excited about this one. I feel like we've kind of been speculating for a while now, but I'm coming with the data, Okay, The Wall Street Journal reported that Instagram customers cumulatively are spending 17.6 million hours a day watching Reels. So that's lower than one tenth of the 197.8 million hours TikTok customers spend every day on their platform. There was an eternal document that was released. It was titled Creators and Reels. State of the Union 2022, which apparently was printed in August, and it mentioned that Reels engagement had been falling. So it was down 13.6% over the earlier four weeks, and that most Reel users have no engagement whatsoever. And so one purpose is that Instagram has actually struggled to recruit folks, which we've talked about here on this podcast, to create content material. Roughly 11 million creators are on the platform within the U.S. However, only 2.3 million of those creators are actually publishing content every month. So that's only 20% of the creators that are actually existing. So it goes on to say that one third of reels that are created on the platform, which normally happen outside of reels, maybe on TikTok, maybe on some type of video editor, they embrace a watermark or a border, figuring out that they are not native to reels. So essentially, Instagram has also enclosed within this document that they are deprioritizing this content. If it's not native, natively made on reels. We know that that's not as shocking. We've talked about it here, like I mentioned before, but honestly, this is all a little bit wild to me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not shocked about the decline in view hours, but what does get me is that we now officially know that Meta is working to hide content that comes from other platforms. And in my opinion, it's a little bit counterproductive because I think what ends up happening is that it discourages creators from wanting to spend time on Instagram. And so it's all in the numbers. at this point it'd be in Meta's best interest to take advantage of the fact that people and creators actually are slowly adopting video content. And so getting them back on the platform more frequently, I think would be embracing the fact that they are open to creating video content. I also noticed in some brands that we're working with that they are also prioritizing TikTok. They're seeing the rise in engagement. They're seeing the success rates. And so they're kind of shifting from solely making content for Instagram and they're making that content for TikTok and then cross-promoting that content Onto Instagram. And so I think holistically, it's starting to show that Instagram is just being a little bit deprioritized.
0: That is interesting, especially finding out the amount of minutes there that people are spending on the reels. I'm curious, Kane, in your opinion, what makes good reels content versus? TikTok content.
2: I mean, a lot of the content we see these days is obviously stemming from from TikTok. They were they were one of the leaders in how you can connect pieces of content to tell a story in a vertical setting actually being one that can tell a story in a way that goes viral or resonate with individuals. But Instagram's a is a platform that, you know, it's, it's the originator. It's one of those the platforms that people turn to you know, learn a bit more. It's not necessarily as 50 or as active as something that TikTok has done in the past. I personally turn to Instagram for more of the educational content. I know a lot of people turn to TikTok to that for that, but hopefully with this update and with this news, more people will be turning to and creating content on, on Instagram that can also leverage that educational point.
0: That is interesting. So do you find that your algorithms are a little bit different on each one, or are they pretty much sending you the same content? No, I, I'd say, the way that I personally use each platform is is drastically
2: different. So my algorithm on Instagram is very much towards educational content. My content on TikTok is very much towards kind of inspirational and, and fun content. So I know each, each user is very drastically different, but that's how mine is set up currently.
0: That's great. All right, well, we're gonna stick with Instagram here and Kane's gonna tell us about Instagram who tested a repost feature. Why don't you break that one down for us?
2: Yeah, so staying on the Instagram train here. Instagram just came out in TechCrunch, but Instagram just released that. They're gearing up to allow users the ability to repost other users' posts and reels to their page or to their feed. Where you've seen this probably in the past, you can reshare stories to your story. You hadn't up to this point really been able to share content from feed to your feed. Users have you know found ways to get around this and are still kind of actively doing this and doing workarounds by screenshotting or screen recording or sending posts directly to friends in their inboxes, but there hasn't been a way to actually share a post from a feed to a feed. So this is going to allow posts to be publicly viewed And I think the largest impact this is going to have is that that original content creator or the brand that's creating that piece of content is going to be able to receive more and more credit for that content they create, you know, rather than having it only go sent to an inbox of friends or an individual behind the scenes, this is going to be publicly facing. And I mean, to wrap it around, as as Kayla just mentioned, the discouragement of content for these Instagram creators, this might be a way to rejuvenate or amplify that 20% that you just mentioned for content creators, knowing that they're going to get a bit more credit for how their content's being portrayed by other users. And as we know, classic Instagram style, these updates aren't a one-size-fits-all, so they're going to be rolling out this feature to select users throughout the coming weeks or months. I wouldn't be staring at your screen by any means assuming it's going to pop up in the next coming days or weeks, but I think it's awesome. I think it's one that's going to be really important to the content creators, but also just kind of put another depth to the platform that we we know users are already doing, just kind of in workaround ways, but now just really legitimizing that
0: that feature. Yeah. Kyla, with how close you work with influencers and creators, what are some other key features here that you are really excited about?
1: I am most excited about, well, I'm hoping that it'll increase the discoverability of new creators. I think what's so great about being able to repost content on platforms like TikTok, on Twitter is that you can spread that content to a wider audience, right? And so the discoverability is higher, but also being able to find creators who have like-minded interests or just, you know, are similar thinkers as you, I think it brings a level of whether it be authenticity back or relatability, I'm just really excited for, you know, those factors to come into play. Because right now, I think with our current algorithms on Instagram, we're just really experiencing the content from those that we know about and that we're willing to follow. But I think that there's some positivity in being able to find new people and, and new things that we love.
0: Yes. New things, new people. That is always exciting. All right. Let's jump over to Snap one of our favorite platforms on this show. Kyla, tell us about the new tools to boost civic engagement that they are building.
1: Yes. So Snapchat is introducing their register to vote tool, which will now allow users to register to vote, check their voter registration status, and invite others to vote. Now, this is not a new initiative to Snapchat because they've always been creating features to drive voter registration since about 2016. And even in 2020, they were actually able to help get 1.2 million users register to vote, which I think is like groundbreaking. The newest iteration, however, of this register to vote suite will include a voting 101 hub. So there'll be in-app instructional videos on how to register to vote, find your voter ID, become a poll worker. And then they'll also allow 16 year olds and 17 year olds to be able to pre-register to vote. Snap also mentions in this update, which this might be my favorite part, that they will be remaining committed to providing credible news and preventing misinformation. And so they'll do this through viewing or reviewing user content before it's being shared on the spotlight tab. And they'll continue to partner with trusted sources like NBC, Refinery29, and Vice. I personally think that this is great. It's a really great initiative. But most importantly, Snapchat clearly knows its audience, right? It's no secret that Snapchat users are mostly or they mostly skew towards a younger audience. And so we know that younger folks, they need boundaries. But to actually get younger people mobilized and, and sending them to the voting booths and into the polls, I just think it's a really great initiative. And I also feel like more brands could probably benefit from partnering with Snapchat on this initiative and joining the movement.
0: Yeah, this is a great thing. And we've seen things like this from other platforms around election time. And what really sticks out to me here is that, you know, normally we see these cycles every four years. And I think it's really interesting that Snap is jumping in here on a midterm election in 2022. Kane, what's been your experience with working or seeing some of these platforms trying to engage with voters, engage with people and brands and with organizations like the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement. What's been your experience with some of these platforms?
2: I have quite a great deal of experience working with foundations and organizations just by nature of the, the brands and clients I've been working with in the past handful of years. So I've seen firsthand the impact that it can have, whether that be get people to the voting booths is a great example of that. Being able to rally a troop or, or a small army of people to go and, and activate or do something for a common cause is, is one great positive of social media. And I think specifically within that, the capabilities and the functionalities that these platforms are rolling out to make it just so easy to click through or sign up or sign the petition or go do something has made it some of the best ways to get people out and doing activations and and getting together not only in person, but also through these virtual communities that we're, we're working with on a daily basis. Some of the greatest examples that we've seen in the past handful of years is, you know, Instagram's ability to have that one click out To get more information for geo-targeted specific content or geo-targeted specific activations to make it as simple as possible and also credible. You know, these platforms are doing a really great job, maybe some more than others, but are doing a really great job of, as we just talked about, to get credible sources out there to the hands and the fingers of some of the younger demographics to get them educated and also across all demographics, just geo-targeted to get them rallying together and coming to a common cause, whether it be for personal interest or
0: something like politics. Yeah, and nothing is more exciting, right, than seeing your Bitmoji excited that you voted. Um, exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's jump over to our fourth thing. Kane, tell us about Twitter tackling close friends with a circles feature.
2: Yes. So Twitter is is definitely making moves. Not only did they just add in an edit button for paid users, but recently they've rolled out what we're considering kind of the close friends Twitter circles. And it's a super simple, super easy approach to really bringing in a small select group of of people to see and talk and hear from you via tweets. It's pretty much a small community that is limiting the post visibility for individuals that have friends and families that they want to have their tweets go to. So we've seen Twitter oftentimes being, you know, slightly intimidating or or a platform that's charged with emotional or political as we just mentioned and, and the potential of backlash or responses has, has made it slightly hesitant for users to maybe activate or or share their opinion as often as they would like to. So now this update is really allowing these users to find a group of people or connect with their friends and families and, and create the safe space within the platform. This is, I think, really important for broad reasons, but one of the main ones in, in my opinion is it's really going to bring the barrier of entry down for those users who have had hesitancy and really allow new users to activate on the platform or create content or share their opinion versus having that hesitancy or intimidation factor that can potentially come with Twitter when it comes to that emotionally charged or politically charged conversation. I'm all for it. I think Twitter is making some pretty impressive moves to make their platform not just this one size fits all, but to make it a little bit more customizable for the variety of users, but also to make it a little bit more approachable for those that don't necessarily want to have their tweet go into the ether. That's really bringing it down to home again and making these Twitter circles that opportunity to create that family within the platform whether that be with friends or people of like-minded interests, etc.
0: Yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of like being able to speak your mind in your house without having to worry about the entire world judging it. Curious, Kyla, do you think that there's any benefit for the Twitter circles, brands or influencers? What use case do you think would be best for these groups?
1: Not 100% sure there is any benefit per se for brands. However, for influencers, 100% yes. I think the way that we use close friends or we'll use this new feature on Twitter is to create a more intimate environment where you can tap into your audience a little bit more specifically, get to know them, they get to know you. And I don't know if this is on or off the record, but I actually know some influencers who leverage their close friends as like an opportunity for their audience to pay for more content. Totally appropriate things, of course, but it's just another way for them to find or to use that as an outlet to get closer to their audience, but them also leverage, you know, some type of like stream of income. So I think that there is some opportunity there. I think that influencers will just need to get it a bit more creative. So if you're wanting to leverage it, it's more like almost like a subscription, right? There may be some opportunity there, but I think that that's specific to like the person.
0: Yeah. I mean, with every feature has a different use case for each person. I was prompted to build my circle and I got really nervous and I just added a few people, but I probably don't have a large enough audience to need a Twitter circle. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, feel free. But anyway, let's stick with Twitter. Kyla, tell us about their new tips and insights to assist in holiday marketing plans i think this will be really exciting Break it down for us.
1: Yes. So as we all know, the holidays are quickly approaching. We can feel it in the weather change. We're, you know, just shy of ending September, and so Christmas is like about a hundred days away. And so Twitter actually released their updated holiday planning guide because, as of last year, holiday conversation was up 61% in August alone. And there was also a recent survey that they did that uncovered 76% of users say Twitter conversations result in a product purchase. And so typically. During this festive period, Twitter says that users come on the platform to connect, to get inspired and to shop. So the platform also actually encouraged brands to get really prepared for key dates like Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, the list goes on. This is no surprise, right? It's not shocking. Holiday scene is, season is one of the most busy seasons for just like consumerism and shopping, just getting prepared for, for gift giving. And so I think this is really smart of Twitter to just get ahead of it, because not only think of it from an organic social play, but even like paid media, right? They even they recommended certain formats that brands could use in their paid media on Twitter. They just recommended different strategies for brands to get ahead of speaking to their audiences in new creative ways that feel fresh for them to get excited about the holiday season. I love a holiday season, especially as it relates to influencer marketing. That is one of the biggest opportunities for influencers as well. There are a lot of campaigns that are available that they can hop on and just market new products that they love, whether they be new. To them, market those to their audiences and thinking about different ways, like I said, just to creatively get ahead of shopping for the holiday season.
0: So as we plan for this upcoming season, Kane, is there anything that jumped out to you? Any new information here from Twitter that you think you could talk to your brands about?
2: Yeah, I think these opportunities to not only sell or get people to click to the website, but just to be relevant in these times. Like I think one of the biggest things for social for brands is to not miss an opportunity of a functionality or an update, but also just to be relevant in the audiences that you're going after. And I think these updates, especially at a time during like the holidays, when everyone's shopping online and not only online, shopping on these platforms, these Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Just being able to understand how users are actually going down that consumer journey or that customer journey. And if that makes sense for your brand to jump into it, but also just to be aware that the times are changing. People are going to social media first at times or learning about products at times to shop. I think this update that we just walked through is one that is a really great example of the shift in the consumer journey from maybe just going from an email to website to shop or you know seeing a banner ad to shop. It's the fact that social media is becoming that hub and that first step or that first moment of inspiration to get to a product or an experience that you may have never heard of. And the amplification of these during the holidays is one that a brand should always keep an eye on.
0: Yes. Well we will definitely be keeping an eye out this entire holiday season. I can't believe we're almost 100 days away from the end of the year. That is very scary. But if you don't already, be sure to follow us, share us, review us, like us, or write to us with your questions, comments, concerns, points of interest, or complaints, or just send us a thing you want us to discuss. You can do all of that by emailing us at gray.com. And of course, I want to thank Kyla Sloan and Kane Fair for joining us on the show today. And as always, thanks to Danielle Hunt and Amanda Fuentes and the crew over at Gramercy Park Studios behind the scenes for making us sound great. And finally, thank you, listener. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, be social. The Five Things are written and researched by the Social and Connections team at Gray New York, produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Guy Rosemarin and Amanda Fuentes, with post-production support from Ned Martin. Additional support by John Jenkinson, Christina Hyde, and Liz McGovern. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.